I'm ready when you are, senor. <laughs> Welcome back to Jokerman Podcast. It's uh, another one of those times when we we do a revisited. It's Jokerman revisited, like the song um, Highway 61 revisited mm-hmm. from Bob Dylan. Uh, from Bob Dylan's Bob Dylan music. I'm Evan. I'm Ian. And today we're joined by two uh, wonderful guests to uh, revisit a wonderful album that we maybe uh, didn't recognize how wonderful it was on our initial go at it. So that's why we're trying to uh, make up for past sins. Uh, We're joined by, uh, well, we were just going through this a minute ago. We'll let you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. But general street legal lovers, Matt Crefting and Josh Builder. Guys, I just want to say it's one of the honors of my life to be referred to as a street legal lover. I'm gonna one. I've never heard Ian that. Here. It's got such a nice ring. I might have business cards made up. It's really <laughs> a street legal scholar, scholar of the streets. <laughs> sure, sure. Some people scholar have street the... smarts. Some people have street legal smarts, and that's what these yeah. guys have. There you go. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm uh, an enthusiast more than scholar, but uh, but I same. On this show, there is yeah. zero difference. It's better to be uh, an enthusiast than to be a scholar, as we saw with some of our um, uh, mm. reviews of Street Legal that we were posting on the uh, on the Twitter account. You actually, Matt, you were saying you had some sort of encounter with Greal Marcus and Chris Gow, or one of them oh, yeah. at the other I one's can, thing. Yeah, I guess we can. I, I, I did pull out Grill's review of. Uh, For context, Legal. before we were recording this, uh, this will be in the past by the time you're all hearing this, but we had uh, we dug up some old uh, Chris Gow and Grill Marcus reviews of Street Legal and posted uh, some of their, um, you know, uh, not so hot takes on the Twitter account. Uh, neither one of them were very fond of the record, shockingly. No, they disliked the great. What a God, what? Grill had such a funny line in his, though. Um, He's like, ah, but the singing, <laughs> the Come singing, on, which on other records has redeemed lines nearly as terrible as those I've quoted. <laughs> oh. What about the singing? <laughs> and then he goes through this whole thing. About how oh, yeah. singing he singing is. He has never bad. sounded so utterly fake, is what Grill says in, in his review. And uh, What terrible. is that supposed to mean? Fake? Right. Who knows? Yeah. It, fake. it doesn't really matter. Um, how about we but, turn the tables and say that that review is fake there you go wow but yeah, it's, it's all artifice but I, I'll, I'll tell my i'll tell my story i guess before we get into it which is that i went to a grill did three nights in at harvard in 2014 i think uh and he did one night talking about uh bob dylan ballad of hollis brown one night talking about kishi wiley and another night talking about i wish i was a mole in the ground but i was at the first one the dylan one and I ended up at this table after, yeah, at this like fancy Harvard reception afterwards, which was open to anybody who went to the reading. And I'm, so I'm in the, in the round with uh, Elijah Wald, who actually, whose Dylan book was one of the only books that I could manage to get through during quarantine. Not a big uh, Halen guy. Halen was not there. Um, <laughs> probably, for the, was, probably for the best. <laughs> Chris Gow was. And my friend Scott Seward, who used to write for the uh, Village Voice, introduced me to Chris Gow. He said, Chris Gow, this is Matt Crefting. He's a friend of Byron Coley's. And Byron had was the one who named the Sonic Youth song, I Killed Chris Gow with My Big Fucking Dick. Oh, geez. And so Chris Gow immediately says, oh, Byron Coley, I killed Chris Gow with my big fucking dick. <laughs> And I was like, uh-huh. And he goes, what What was your name? And I said, Matt Crefting. And he said, 
I'm allowed to forget that. <laughs> Whoa. <Holy shit>. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, the, oh. but, and that was like the, begin, the beginning of the hang. We then had to hang oh. for like another like half hour while everybody schmoozed. Good this, Lord. I was like, man, I, I didn't like you already, but that really almost hurt my feelings if it wasn't such a good story rock critics man just absolute poisonous (laughs) toxic beings i'm sorry matt but that was one of the best put downs i've ever heard (laughs) there's a reason i'm still telling there's a reason i'm still i'm still telling it almost uh 10 years later that's that's big uh well 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 We should mention the, re- the so the reason you guys are here. I think I forget how we even connected it. I think a friend of the pod, Steve. No, you, uh, no Steve we Gunn, were we were just chatting. Matt and I were chatting. Oh, I don't before know, Steve ha- was even on. I don't know when did you become aware. of I the don't show? remember. It was so, it, I, well. Josh and I did our project, which we'll get into in a minute, and then, yeah, right. and then I found the show. And I think one night I was sitting around listening to uh, listening to records. Believe it or not. And I saw that you you had posted something about Brian Ferry, and I and I just sort of drunkenly chatted you, and we ended up talking for about you know yeah an hour yeah we so. we were just <laughs> shooting the breeze. I remember and, that's and, a real and, that's a meat cute right there. Yeah, and then and then it came to light that we had done this this project. Um, yeah, I don't think it really dawned on me until like uh, until after a while, like how much we are. You and Josh, that we are all familia. Like this is so. Um, there, I don't know. It's like so close. Evan and I were texting about the playlists yesterday. We were listening to a couple of them, you know, in advance of the show, and we were like, "These are playlists that we would make. This is insane." Like, yeah. <laughs> not just the playlist, the uncanny. presentation, like everything about it. Like we are in some small uh, micro sector of like revisionist Dylan uh, people who. Have a cavalier yet uh, dedicated uh, approach to his discography. I guess what we can describe, or we can let you or you guys just tell us what is your project and uh, explain that to the listeners, please. Matt, you do it because I, I I I overcomplicate what is a simple a simplistic thing when I try to tell it. <laughs> All right, uh, it goes like this: we. we, we well, it starts back in 2006. Oh yeah, jo- Josh and I took a oh, trip. That's right. down- Josh and I took a trip uh, down to the south to go to Graceland and Stack Studio and Sun Studio, and we ended up finding Charlie Patton's grave. Um, and so for this road trip, we decided we would make each other mix CDs because this was pre-playlist. And Josh had the brilliant idea. You know, everybody's made it at that point. It was making mixtapes that would start with a song and then take off. From there and josh said let's end on the same song and that song mm-hmm. was what was it It was through my sales uh neil young mm-hmm. oh yeah the neil young song. Cros- yeah yeah and so we made cds that ended on that song <clears throat> then fast forward to 2020 when the world shuts down and we're like man we got nothing to do we time should do kill. some more of those <laughs> <laughs> we got time to kill cat skills june <laughs> yeah. and july um and we started making these lists with our friend Rob, uh, who went to high school with us. And somewhere in there, we make an all Dylan list. And Josh and I were like, man, we haven't had enough of this. So we, on, we sort of did a sidebar and we made another. We, we actually used Key, Key West as our ending track. Yeah. Whoa. So great. Track. So very, very early adopters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 
yeah. I, it deserved the, spe- the special episode that you guys broke in and did. For oh, yeah. Anyways, just, I mean, that was a world-shattering moment. It was, it was, yeah, that was the right move on your part. And so we, we felt that, <laughs> we you. also felt that shockwave. It's just crazy. I mean, I, I think the listener can probably get to where you're going. I just want to interrupt that it is insane Please. to me that you guys started doing this probably at the very same time as Ian and I started doing our Dylan COVID project. Serendipity. Yes. It's, like, it's, it's eerie. Um, <clears throat> and so, and, yeah. So we get to talking about we Josh and I have a, a conversation about the, the our key west lists and then we're like we should do another Dylan one. We should use a song from Street Legal. And then I said we could probably do nine Dylan lists with every song from Street Legal as the last track and just just keep going and we were like yeah let's do it. So well, the, not we were like, yeah, let's do it. When you said that, we both erupted in joy. <laughs> and I believe on Zoom, we're parading around the room at the idea of what, like, we're like, this had never occurred to us. And we're like, this is, ever. I remember like hopping around and yeah, gyrating. It was, uh, beautiful. It was very exciting. And so like, so the only constraints were, you know, we just used Spotify to do it so that we couldn't get into like deep right. bootleg cuts sure. and we couldn't use all this other shit, but it was like whatever was on Spotify, and we tried to keep it to about 40 minutes a list, so it's about an LP's length worth of stuff. Sure. And it was anything, any track that Bob was on, we could use as long as the last track on the playlist was in sequence, the, the tracks from Street Legal. So it was Changing the Guards, New Pony, and, and so on. Um, and it was like a series of love letters. Little friend, uh, you know, it's... Evan, it's like you said about Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It's about friendship. It's about friendship. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and just for the rules, uh, what when a song was used oh, right. on the on uh, on each list, it was sort of off limits. I see. So you, the only overlap would be if we chose to both use the same song happened to on the same playlist. But other mm. than that, those songs sort of became off limits, which in the the pantheon of Bob Dylan is no thing. I mean, there's there's material yeah, for fine. days. So. You but, can make you, know. you can make it through uh, you know nine yeah, yeah, playlists sure. of ten yeah, I mean, songs. Yeah, we could each. have we could have like double lapped on it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. we we've yeah. done something similar. I mean, in some way, we we've done these things called the theme type radio uh, yeah. series of playlists, which we just go on a theme and then pick like about an hour's worth of Dylan stuff that we feel is you know germane to the theme. But we've probably overlapped at some point, but sure we try we not to. We, we do try not to, you know. And I mean, you know, for, for sort of like, um, I don't know, uh, gravitas, we would sort of give each other the playlists at the same time and we weren't allowed to listen nice. to them. You know, we sort of like, Love it. you know, it was, the, it, was a, it was an exciting moment of the, of the week. Which is to say, actually, which I, I need to make this point as well. The two lists, like we, so we made one for our, our project with our friend Rob. Then we made another one as a sidebar. So that means that we had made, already made two Dylan lists and the entirety of those songs were off limits as well. So like we had to, that's why Joker Man, or Joker Man is not on any of the lists that we made because we'd already used that. It's already off limits. Yes, that's right. Yeah. What a shame. Uh, the, it's, um, it's a tragedy, really. It really is. Could have fit in pretty nicely <laughs> with um, New Pony. Um, uh, so the, we'll get so to it, that. So ending the playlists on each of these songs, I'm wa- I'm wondering just like, did you guys have the same sort of like approach to like how you built these playlists? It was just like it was a, a sequence playlist that made sense to end on these songs, or these songs were all like in the same sort of like 
thematic register as these songs, or you each had your own approach to it? What did you have some sort of like 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 idea about how you're doing this, or was it just like whatever felt right? I mean, I think we we probably had our our, our own approach each because you know once this was sort of discussed, we sort of uh, and we launched the project. We we kept sort of quiet about the work that we were doing, except when it um, would overlap. And so I think we we both had our own approach. And you know, the other thing that's to be said is I think for us as friends, maybe it's like two thousand six or something. I mean, Street Legal has been a very special record to us for a very long time. Sure. I actually found a mix CD that I made. I have it here where I one I think it was Baby Stop Crying was the last song and I drew a pistol on the CD and said, you know, um, you know, <laughs> go get me my pistol, babe. So anyway, this record, this record, like, you know, it sort of was, and I and I, I something we'll probably get into, but was like a really big unlock um in the sort of pantheon of the next, you know, of of moving on to the, the latter part of Dylan. Um sure. And I, I mean, this, you know, allow me uh, to be grand for a moment, but like I went into this being like Street Legal is the perfect record to reflect all of Bob Dylan back at. It's almost like the mirror record. And so I wanted to use it as a way to like organize themes and sort of things that were meaningful to me through the lens of what I thought was um, a, you know, a sort of a great record that I actually think in what, you know, and I want to get to this at some point, but you guys, when you talked about it, I think it was you, Evan, you're like, this is where the car goes off the cliff, right? This is where uh, in, in your first episode, you're like, this is, you know, we, we've we've lost all the laws of gravity and Dylan is like sort of careening out. And I fully believe that. And I think there's like magic in that exact moment. And I was trying to use that as a way to sort of reflect back everything um, through the lens of Street Legal. Hell Wonderful. Yeah. yeah well, that's, well put. Perfectly I, put. Indeed. Yeah. Do, do you guys have uh, like favorite um, favorite ones of these playlists that you could direct? Because we'll put the links to all of these in the uh, episode description. But I was listening, like Matt. I think I listened to your "No Time to Think" one yesterday. Which I listened was... to a few of them, and they're all they're all wonderful in their own ways. I have yeah. to say. <laughs> oh, man, the, I gotta look back at them. <laughs> Shit. I think the first one I listened to is uh, yeah, just just changing of the guards, and it's like. Quinn the Eskimo into man gave names for all the, all that the was animals. Great. That's into, Josh. That's, like, that's yeah. Josh. Quinn the Eskimo man gave names all animals yeah. and Alberta too. Two street, two excuse me, two self portrait songs in the first three. You're yeah. you're yeah. you're so, already off to a strong start. I, I wanted to on that like, and I have pressing on, which like is a deeply favorite. Like I thought Absolutely. devotional de- devotional Dylan, as I like to refer to it as, yes. is like this is where it starts to me. It like starts through devotional Dylan with street legal. So. We, we, came yeah, and, out, we came out hot. And, and that's like, that's part of what the, like the project revealed was like, yeah, right. Josh opens with Quinn the Eskimo and the man gave names from all the animals into Alberta. I opened with satisfied mind into in the summertime into don't fall apart on me tonight. And it's like, we just like very different uh, approaches, yes. different, <laughs> yeah. d- different approaches, but like a, you know, but a similar sentiment in terms of like, we're just sure. going hard on well, it's like, you get that, the, like, the yin and yang of that song. I mean, why don't we? Right. I, I I'm just gonna say to the listener to check all of these out. Uh, and yeah. and you also have a ton of other playlists that seem to be just up on on Spotify. But go to uh, the the website that you have handily and craftily created. Uh, I believe it's it's just called the streetlegallist.com. 
Yes, yeah. it is. That's it, correct. The, the link will be in the episode description. So go okay. just click click the old link. Yeah, peruse that and uh, enjoy the the wonderful gifts that uh, these two gentlemen. And and, and on the trackless, one thing that we did, which was cute, was we bolded. <laughs> if you go to the website, when there was actually an overlap, like in list two, we both used goodbye Jimmy Reed. We like you know, wow. we called out those magical those magical moments. Because you know it was, we had some time on our it was COVID people sure we had some time on our it was hands. a different time it was yeah. a year ago right. and no one has coronavirus at all anymore it's it's <laughs> right. been completely yeah. eradicated from the face yeah. of the earth and uh, it's, it's something in the past yeah things aren't what God. they were to quote Bob Dylan <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think he has a different song also about things changing but I can't yeah. remember what it is that was on the old tour this is the new tour that's the quote that's on the poster things aren't what they were you gotta get you gotta get with oh, 2021 right. Bob you're you're with 2000 Bob man let's all let's also acknowledge that at the end of this week all of us will have seen Bob Hell, all, oh yeah are you guys all, both going, going to the New York shows yeah, we're, we're going, going to, to the, the Friday night yeah for yeah, which night. day is that is that uh, that's friday what no i mean what what uh no, date 19, 19. okay I, wait a minute uh, oh yeah no day, no I, i'm going i'm going to 20 and 21 Damn. Uh, and then and then we are matt and i are looping back and seeing a couple of nights in philly just because oh i think our friend ray is gonna be uh in he wasn't wasn't he saying that he was gonna go to the philly show too evan ray pageant I think so. I don't. Yeah. I, it sounds There's right. There's such a such a wide variety of uh, of family members going to all these shows. It's a real celebration uh, at the end of a long dark period. It's great to see. Certainly is. Should we uh, speaking of celebration? Should we should we start to celebrate this great record that deserves all the praise and love that we can possibly heap upon it? Yeah, I mean, oh, before no. that, can I can, wait? Before can I ask you guys a question? Which is, I mean, yes. I can hear, I can hear from um, your, you know, where you're coming from that you've you've seemingly come around on this record. But before we go track by track, I mean, I I want to hear about your journeys from from where you were with Street Legal to to where you are now. Is that am I allowed to do that? Sure. Yeah, I I, I mean, I think that it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say too much now because I think we'll just okay. get into that, but. As we go along, but I, I will say that I think I didn't realize how sophisticated an album it is. That's what I have taken away from it most recently is that it really feels like a mature and sophisticated album that, um, I don't know, for some reason just like gets uh lumped in with like a kind of oh, this is a goofy Dylan record in that category, and I, I don't really think it is. Uh, on further listening, like, uh I think it's kind of a cosmopolitan, like man about town type of record with a lot more than that, too. I think when I first heard it, it was like a novelty more so than I I don't think of it that way now. Right. Yeah, I think I think for my part, just on a high level kind of thing, instead of talking about specific song, like I think at least when I started, when we started doing the show, my approach was like, because we're just two random schmoes, we have no actual training or like there's no credential that either of us have besides just listening to a lot of Bob Dylan and having microphones plugged into our computers that makes us do this. Uh, I, it, I felt kind of implored um, to like make up for my lack of bona fides to like, you know, kind of really 
take a critical kind of uh, uh, look at a lot of this stuff. And uh, the more that we've done this, and you know, I guess the quote unquote better that we've gotten at it. That certainly just at least the the larger volume of podcasts. The that more we've experienced out, we've become, that's more undeniable. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think I've taken a, a starting to take a different approach towards just looking at. Bob specifically, and really, I think kind of like all music in general, but we haven't gotten to really anyone else beyond Bob. But like, it's just, it's such a, like Bob didn't owe us any of this. He could have gone away and like lived on royalties for the rest of his life. He didn't need to make any more music after, you know, 1966. Um, He could have just been, you know, off living his life and like letting his money appreciate in a fucking, you know, um, in uh, the Disney vault. In the Disney, exactly, in, in the Scrooge McDuck vault. Um, but, like, he he felt compelled to, like, share all of this with us and, and has felt that, that compulsion, like, across his entire life. And it's such a just, it's such a generous um, um, uh, thing of him to do, especially in the face of people like fucking Chris Gow and Grill Marcus, uh, who've spent their lives, like, shitting on him for no good reason, just, like, you know, to right. fucking put some well, words they, down they on a magazine. they hold him in such high regard, but, like, they do, like, worship him, but they have this kind of complicated and... and There's, like, un- a love-hate uh, yeah, kind of they, thing. They Same they thing have, with Clinton and Halen. I, I, and I they think have Steve- a British style of pro- appreciation of him. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think Steve. I think Stephen Hyden said it the best when he was on the, the show with us for Springtime in New York a couple weeks ago, and was like, you know, to him and to to me as well, like, there, there is no bad Bob, Bob Dylan music. There are songs I like more than I like other songs, but, like, they're all... I'm just interested in this guy. I love this guy. And so, like, anything that he's going to give us, whether or not it's my favorite song ever or maybe not so much, I I, I treat as, you know, a, um, a privilege to be able to listen to and, like, get get this insight into whatever he's going on with. So, uh, you know, we're writing some past wrongs with some of these revisited episodes, specifically with Street Legal and uh, Shot of Love, which we already did. Um, I think that's the, <laughs> that's the idea in general, to get a little, uh, little weepy about it for a second. I, I got I got all day for everybody to get weepy about, about uh, Bob. <laughs> let's right, get well, that, let's, let's get, get weepy going. about New Pony guys. Come on, shall oh, we? Just <laughs> you wait. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's get to it. Changing all the right, guards. It's changing the guards. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we're not the only ones who sing into the mic. Uh, <laughs> really, one of like the all like his all like like just absolute pit. like this song fucking is so good i don't even like it's it's so good it's very good. It's, it's it's blazes to, it's so good it's so good i have to i have to it's, say it's, on re- the, it's the, like relentless is the yeah word it is it's relentless yeah. it charges yeah. forth yeah i uh young idealist that, that i was at the time i um i brought this record to my friend's house on election night 2008 hoping to see uh W leave and, and Obama get elected, which I saw this is before, of course, yeah. we knew about uh, Section 1021A of the uh, <laughs> you know, 16 the, drones. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. All that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like the, I was so excited to have Obama win and listen to Changing of the Guards in, in 2008. And um that's I great. might have been wrong about Obama, but I wasn't wrong about changing the guard. <laughs> yeah, that's a very, that's a very innocent and um, uh, heartwarming um, memory to look back on. It's yeah, naive perhaps. Yeah, th- I think the song. Um, it, it's really easy to to overlook just how insanely dense it is, 
yeah. lyrically, but it is like um, so jam packed with stuff with imagery, and it's it is relentless, like you said, Josh. Like that's that's the best word I can think for it. It's like uh, kind of insane. Like you, you I, don't, I think the ear isn't even trained. It yeah. being the opening song to really just notice like what the what how much is going on here yeah it, 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 i love the fade i can't is there another dylan song that fades in the fade is so good tweedledee and tweedledee oh, yeah, that's right yeah. you're right that's, damn it that's yeah, you're right, so you're right. true so it's in good company but you know I, I, to me this feels it, it's like idiot wind and i don't know if you've ever tried to do this sort of meditation which is actually concentrate on the lyrics to idiot wind and actually like mentally follow through with what's going on I find it like an, it's impossible. It's so dense. And this to me feels in that in yeah, that vein where yeah. it's like, it's just packed with things. But when you read the lyrics, it's not at all nonsensical, but man, is it effing dense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, to me, Idiot Wind makes a lot of sense. Whereas this song makes less sense, but it's it makes no less, less great. It, but, but I mean, it, being that we have the benefit of, of history, this does presage the Christian stuff that's about to come. Right. Because there's a yeah. lot of that, you know, like the uh, um, gentleman, he said, I don't need your organization. I've shined your shoes. Shined your shoes. Mountains and marked yeah. your cards. But, you know, like it's it's Christ turning over the tables. You yeah, know, that, that's the, perfectly put. It, yeah. it, is, it has yeah. some of that uh, precious angel type of energy. Yeah. I think I maybe maybe I have drawn a similar comparison uh, to this song at one point um i i find imagery wise like this song it kind of lends all these weird like shakespearean uh, it has these shakespearean undertones or something like uh midsummer's eve near the tower yeah. and like she smells like sweet like the meadows like there's all these strange lines like that and then yeah it's sort of unclear what time this takes place in like it yeah. could it could right. be today it could be a thousand years ago i agree with the medieval vibe i get i get a medieval yeah. vibe well yeah. I, I also I, I know i noticed something last night which i've never noticed is that it actually it bookends nicely with um where are you tonight where it has this weird thing mm -hmm. where she climbs up his golden locks in the first song and then in, and then in the last one he climbs up her locks and i was wow. like whoa what a bizarre rapunzel wow. Kind of bookends yeah, to Rapunzel this thing. shit. Yeah, this is like yeah. uh, Rumpelstiltskin type totally. music. <laughs> it's Chaucer, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, yeah, Chaucer. That's that's it. Yes, well I think said. it's in the same sort of vein to me, like from a sense making like uh, perspective. I think it's in the same sort of vein as something like Tambourine Man or Joker Man, where it's it's yeah. much less about like following any sort of story or understanding a specific character, and more just this like. Vivid sensation. Like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a montage thing. basically, and yeah. you're, you're just supposed to get kind of worked up uh, based on all of these these images that flash in front of you and these clever turns of phrases, and then also just the fucking yeah. absolutely badass band that's behind them in this totally uh, song that is totally kiss. totally new, totally out of left field. If you're listening in 1978, in terms of what you expect on a Bob Dylan record coming out right. and putting on your yeah. turntable, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I think you were, you were just getting to it. This song to me is, it's like, he's, it's a painting, right? I mean, there's obviously like, you know, yeah. blues and, you know, this is not something new, but this is one of those painting songs that to me mm. is like all about the feel and the look and the visuals of it. And 
it's, it's just too dense is, in a way. Yeah, it's yeah, got totally. like a, yeah, exactly. yeah. I I had that in my notes too, Josh. That it was a, it was a, one of these perspective songs, and yeah, it's like you know, it's it's another place where I think Dylan overlaps with Lynch is that like this the painterly use of narrative where you're sort of in in one perspective and then out and then uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't it, like what the hell do you care if it makes sense? You know, yeah. you know a, a, another way, weird thing that I noticed in my recent re-listenings is that all over the record, there are these kind of um, space age or like slightly science fiction-y or cosmic word choices. Like um, she's drifting like a satellite on Where Are You Tonight um, and like into infinity and back again. And in this right. song, like the Palace of Mirrors. And uh, what was the other one? And I, I think I mentioned another one. I think one you mentioned video. bathing in stream of pure heat. Yeah, which also stream of pure from... heat. Like, <laughs> these kind I, would of like... To be, I would love to bathe in a stream of pure yeah, heat. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Kind well, of like oh, cosmic oh, psychedelia all, all the way through it. Um, and you get that on even on this song with like, uh, yeah, I guess like the palace of mirrors and the dog soldiers. It's like uh, got this kind of... Uh, I don't know, maybe it's Dylan just being like, what if I did that whimsical imagery thing, but I made it a little bit more uh, cool? <laughs> Futuristic. Yeah. Like Futuristic, but also, I mean, but, but also using the past. It's, a bit, it's almost like a... Uh, yeah, it's not... A, yeah. yeah I, it's like the, the, it's, it's like it's like Tarkovsky or something. It's, it's like, like 2001, it's, it's, you know? It's yeah, like, right. Whereas 2001... You know, I, I don't know. I can't believe I'm already talking about 2001: A Space Odyssey on this hey episode. Boy, you're but, you're off to a hot well, start tonight. We, we've already you touched know. on Chaucer, so just fucking roll. With it, it. It's got you know, the, 2001 has you know the distant prehistory. It has the distant future, and then it has something else entirely, which is that you know spiritual place of neither here nor there, and it's kind of like. Dylan operates somewhere on more like in that zone in like that room with the obelisk and he's like uh writing lyrics on a napkin. Yeah, he's he's beneath the diamond sky with one hand waving free. <laughs> I think Bob also recognized at the time like this was a real like I mean it's the first song on the record we know how much attention he pays to the first and last song on a record and you know so it, it's he recognized it based on that alone but also like I was listening to some of the um, 78 like late 78 bootlegs um, and I'd send them to Evan too uh, and he was closing all of the sets with Changing of the Guards oh, uh, there is during one, Fall 78 there is it, that one that is yeah, Gen- the Los Angeles one that I sent you that is also on our Twitter somewhere if someone wants to go find it. He's just like, he sounds like he's about to spontaneously combust. He, he like, sounds like he is yeah. spontaneously combust. <laughs> it's, it's insane. I did not know that he had that um, setting. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Popeye eats spinach, you just gotta, you know, it's sniff a little, uh, sniff sounds, a little, uh, you know, it sounds like, uh, 
in that version, it sounds like he and the entire band had nine hours of sleep and like access to the finest cocaine ever produced. It's like <laughs> that's so that's wild. probably fairly accurate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Uh, but it, so he so he's closing all of these shows with it in late seventy eight, and then he completely put it away. He, he put it away. It's it hasn't been played since December sixteenth, nineteen seventy eight. It's been played sixty eight times, all in the span of July to December nineteen seventy eight. It's just like. You know, I love I love uh, Bob's ever changing kind of attention and focus on his catalog, but this is one of the ones. You know, as with Joker Man, for instance, we're just like, man, I, I, they, 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 I, I wish he would have done more more justice to this song because it's really just one of the all time greats. We'd also yeah. like to just note about the song, the sound of it, because that is important, and I, I think that's as you know, we're talking it up real big and saying it's so great, but like. It really does sound unique, and it sounds like street legal, and I think that is still um, something that people just have ideas about that put them at a distance to this record. Um, I don't know sure, yeah, how it's, it's, we can it's, describe it. It's an it. introduction to this kind of like blow. Uh, yeah, it's it's a. I was just struggling with that internally how to describe. Yeah, it, well, it, it has bongos kind of blown out and the tenor sax. It, it does have. A, yeah, it's like this. It's very so. It's, in that way, it's like a. It's like Peck and Paw or something like. But like, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia instead of Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. It's definite after hours. You're in a you're you're in a you're in a, a sort of border town place. Like, I mean, the way Josh and I talked about this a little bit when we were talking about Senor a couple of weeks ago, where it was like, man, Senor takes place in a. It's in the same realm as ISIS, but it's in a very different country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Like, not, <laughs> yeah, not to yeah. jump the track list. It's but the this ISIS uh, extended universe. Yeah, right. It's phase two of uh, Marvel's uh, ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> may that so, never come to pass. Yeah, yeah. May <laughs> yeah the, I mean, the sound is just the the band. The sound, I think, is amazing. There's a whole bunch of like you know shit that's been written and, and said about this. He was going through a really hard time at this uh, at this particular moment in time. Like, yeah, there's bongos on it. There's tenor sax. He was going yeah. through it. <laughs> going. Through I, I, I've also thought. I mean, I don't. I have no idea. But like, this song sounds like it must have been so much fun to record. Oh yeah. Like it just like the the backup vote. Like just all of it. Like. I don't know if he had fun during it, but it sounds like, I don't know. You can just pick I, up on it. Like I always, th- I mean, when they hit gentlemen, he said, yes. that sounds pretty gentlemen fucking satisfying. Said, so the whole, totally. like, you know, yeah. imagine anybody in that ensemble who hits that gentleman, he said, he said everybody's yeah. like, if you're ever having a bad time, I think you're in the wrong place. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, what does Dylan say? He's like, don't compare my stuff to my older stuff. Compare it to what was coming out around that time. I think that yeah. this really feels like a record coming out in 1978, and maybe the mysterious quality it has is partly like this: what is the state of uh, adult contemporary slash rock music uh, in 1978? And right. it is a kind of a weird period. Like I don't know how many other records like popped into mind is like an iconic 1978. More songs about <laughs> building and food. Yeah, but yeah. Th- that's already like something else emerging. It's but not that, just yeah, like I think, the, what does it mean to make just a, an adult album that people will enjoy who are fans of rock music that isn't going it, to... It, it's interesting to see that Dylan doesn't shy away from some of the trappings of that era. He kind of leans fully into it. 
Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, this, given how like huge I am into both of these records, I, like the fact that this didn't occur to me until last night is uh, frankly embarrassing. But the Lou Reed's "The Bells" and this record are really. I, I realized, like, oh man, they're like cousin records. Interesting. They're really, really close in terms of the their narrative arc, their um, discussion of being lost within the end of a relationship. Um, it's it, it, like uh, the Bells was the only record I could draw as an analog to this in that in that same like to that point that you were just making. It this yeah, and you feel like Lou is in the same state as Bob. Yeah, like they're both right. in this desperate. I don't know. Liminal. What, they're, they're it's both, a yeah. Weirdly in between kind of modes I, guess. I always think of street legal in comparison to uh the uh, one of the other i think like headline 78 releases I, I guess i don't know exactly how popular it was at the time but certainly it's like you know it turned into one of the critical highlights of the year which is darkness on the edge of town because uh, this is like as close to bruce as bob i think ever gets on a whole record sound at least like you know the uh when right. that comes falling from the sky on um the bootleg series uh, release, like with actual, actually made with Little Steven and stuff, really sounds like Bruce. But like this is, uh, you know, I think Bob sort of seeing the sound that that Bruce um, put to such great effect on Born to Run, and maybe trying to suck off a, you know, a little, <laughs> maybe not trying to suck anyone off, uh, but uh, peel You're off. Going read territory with that. Well, yeah. What, what are some other? Uh, peel off a few of the more, you know, kind of um, exciting elements of that that works so well. You know, the, the horns, if nothing else, are super clear. Some um, other interesting things to note, though, some other records from 78. You got Big Star 3rd. You got uh, Excitable Boy. Uh, you've got uh, The Cars. <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> Anyways, I, it just it, keep going. Street Street Legal still number one for me. Yeah. <laughs> Darkness is pretty good, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, as far as Bob goes, uh, you know, he's he's always going to be a step ahead of Bruce. Uh, anyways, I, I just I think I think a lot of the the critical kind of like challenge with this record at the time was that like they didn't expect this sort of sound and this approach in a Bob Dylan record, and so there was just a, a natural kind of reaction against anything new that Bob was trying to pursue. So, but you know what's so interesting, and it, and it it isn't necessarily consistent, but I've always found Changing of the Guard to be, I mean. It's super poppy that little lick that you know that chorus lick like sure it's a very accessible song i'm surprised at how you know much better like there wasn't like a necessarily a hit or you know something because like it's pretty it's pretty accessible i mean that doesn't necessarily last throughout the record but it comes off both strong but also i mean it's pretty poppy yeah speaking Certainly of poppy. probably as poppy as you're going to get on this record, yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, poppy, should we should we uh, gallop along to? Uh... <laughs> we keep... Let's foxtrot lope and pace. So, yeah, so, there you so go. So here's the question: Is New Pony the disco mystic of uh, Street? Oh, oh <laughs> man, God. That's another, po- that's another podcast. That is, it's, 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 I, I'm gonna have to ruminate on that one. We'll have you guys back for the bells uh, episode oh, once we once we move oh, on to Lou. And not only not only that, but we're uh, you know, and to get onto a tangent in a parallel universe, street hassle and street legal. Uh, there already is the street hassle. The street hassle lists absolutely are well underway because they are, they are very similar. We've done anyway, we've yeah. done we've done six so far. Damn. Six Lou lists off of, right. off of Street Asshole. Incredible. All right, the sequel. You guys are already coming out with your sequel to the Street Legal one too. This is fantastic. I think that it is the disco mystic of this record. <laughs> I, I don't think. I, I don't think Josh is wrong. I just don't want to give it to him quite yet. Live. Yeah. I. I um. Yeah. I actually. I know. Uh, Lou Reed's discography 
um, well. And I don't know the Bells. I probably know the Bells is probably the album I've listened to the least. Oh, I have to say, oh, it's, darling. It's, it, oh, my. Oh, 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 it's our street league. Oh. <laughs> Come on in. So. The water's warm. When I, yeah. uh, this is a, another, we still haven't made it to New Pony, but God damn it, I have to tell the story. Uh, when I was in John's Pizza on Bleecker Street once, Lou, Lou Reed came in wow. and sat at, a, at a, uh, the booth next to me. And I was freaking out. And I was like, I have to say something, but I don't know what to say. Because I know he's going to be caustic and, and mean. And I eventually decided... But I stopped at the table on my way out and I, sh- I said, The Bells is my favorite record of all time. <laughs> and Lou looked up at me over, over his glasses and his eyes kind of twinkled and he said, thank you. And I was like, absolutely and without discussion. And he said, thank you. And I walked, I just walked, I just got <laughs> out of there. But like, the, be- the Bells was the one. I was like, I, it is my favorite record, but also I knew if I, like, that, Who the that's fuck comes the, up to yeah. Lou Reed and is like, like, hey man, hit you with the flower. You know, I was like, no. <laughs> he probably doesn't get the bells a lot, but I, I, no, I, I meant it. That, that's a much warmer reception than uh, you got from your buddy Chris Gow. So that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> that's right. My good old pal. Good buddy. Uh, uh, yeah, new pony. Uh, so new Bob pony. is uh, horny yeah. and angry, uh, and we love we love to see him in both of these conditions. <laughs> no, he's not angry, and he's not angry. He's not upset. He's not sad. No, God forbid. He's not mad, and he is having a good time, a better time than he's ever had. Right, and because uh, he does have a new pony. Fine. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. He he doesn't have his old pony named Lucifer. Now he's got uh, Miss X. No, no, he has a pony n- named uh, Lucifer. No, he had he, a pony named Lucifer. No, he's got he, a new pony he, now. Miss X is not the new pony. Is okay? Miss X the new pony, or is she not? No, the new no, Miss X is the old. No, I think I think Miss X is just a side. You know, it's a, okay. So that's a, a whole other yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. he just you know he just he just wants to know what's going on with her. I yeah, think Miss X is the old pony, and he goes. Sometimes I wonder about that, but I don't wonder too much. Pony, yeah, the keeper of the pony. Now he's um, got several ponies in his orbit. We can we can at least does. agree on and that. So I want to ask pony, my question. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, well, I, I was going to say, well, I, I, I want to know. I mean, from you guys, like when I this, I've always been fascinated by this song and had a deep affinity towards it. And so, <laughs> I, I'm curious how what your journeys have been, if there have been, with with New Pony, because I actually think it is obviously there's the metaphor, which we should talk about, which is like on the nose, but timeless. Right. Right. And, but it's, I mean, I, it's, it's a popular trope in American song from Charlie Patton all the way through uh, genuine. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I'll well say said. that the, the difference between when we first talked about it and now is in, in that interim, in that time, Ian and I both ha- fucked a horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If that, if that doesn't bring it on home for you, I don't, I, then I, I can't help you. I guess Matt and I just did that a long time ago. <laughs> you guys were no, way ahead of like us. A, we're just a little older than these guys. That's <laughs> I just, I've got a couple more years on you, baby. That's, <laughs> that's, right, that's right. Shell Silverstein. Um, no, I think it's just a matter of uh, realizing it's funny and, <laughs> and uh, just deciding it's not bad. It's, it's fun. And one thing I think that Evan and I have both grown uh, to appreciate more, certainly Evan, uh, is the blues. Uh, that's that's a right. common riff on this show. Uh, is uh, Thank God for the Blues. Thank God for the Blues. Thank 
this is maybe the bluesiest song in Bond, like blues like a big with blue a capital horse. B, blue, uh, it, the most bluesy song in his discography up until this point, at and, least. And it's particular, it's like a hokum blues, right? Where it's like this sort of like the blues that's re- that references like sort of a uh, obscene metaphor. Right, um, yeah. There, there's a, right. you know, there's a number of those tracks. Yeah, honestly, um, I think a lot of it also is what's helped me warm up to this type of stuff from from Dylan is listening to a lot more theme time radio and and hearing him play songs like that and and sort of realize like oh he loves that stuff and then starting to get those references and then it, it all makes sense and it's like part of a continuum where it's all Bob. This is a rich stuff. part of a rich tapestry. A rich tapestry <laughs> that includes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, lewd songs uh, like this, and and she got great I wouldn't big ha- hind legs and a long black shaggy hair. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, if, if you go back, to, if you go back to uh, Pony Blues by Charlie Patton, which I I did last night, and you know, got a brand new Shetland man already trained, brand new Shetland man already trained. Just Beautiful. get in the saddle, tighten up your reins. Uh, yeah, know, like that's. I mean that's yeah. and, and, and that's actually a place where I think like, like <laughs> Grill Marcus did us Grill Marcus did us a great service in his uh, Invisible Republic book, which sometimes yeah. get, is published as the, the 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 old weird America. We're really mapping out old you know sort of pre-war American music as as a country that Bob Dylan wanted to populate. Sure, um, and I think that that's. That's that's the well that he draws from over and over again. And if you see things in that light, it kind of his music makes a lot more sense in that he's drawn to these old songs where people turn into animals and uh, kill each other over uh, all manner of things. Um, you know, T- Tempest certainly makes a lot of sense in the in the old weird America, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, but to but to drag it into the modern age is so shocking, and, and Bob just keeps doing that. Oh, and, and, and to again. drag it into your your divorce, uh, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Right. I mean, where do you think the shit came from back when people were actually writing yeah, it down? Yeah, it's true. It's, people are, right. have always been getting divorced. Well, the, the, the reason we have New Pony is because you didn't Instagram didn't exist back then, so you couldn't post a picture of you having a great time with your friends and it's proving so to your ex I think you're, you're how so great right. you were doing without them. And so you have to write a song about how your ex-wife was a pony and also the devil, and now you're fucking some super hot, sexy pony with a big ass. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, know, but, he but, says, but it's like, not. I, I mean, but again, it's so intentional, right? Back to the Charlie Patton point. Like, he doesn't just like. It's not just hammy. You know, he comes on very studious about what yes. you just yeah. said. Uh, I, I think I don't think we need to talk that much more con- about it. I, I just want to. <laughs> I, I want to say one thing that I just want them to move on, which is that, that just the line, uh, oh, baby, that God that you've been praying to is going to give you back what you were wishing on someone else. Mm. I just think like he slipped something like that in here. That's right? crazy, After it's so that's obvious, crazy so that he has a line like that in this. Song. Yeah, that's not even one of the it's, ones that I think of yeah, when I think no, of New Pony. It's it's like and but like that's the thing, because you get sort of distracted and then he just like slips that in there and it's like devastatingly brilliant. Yeah. It's like I'm so I'm I, I wish you were here right now. I uh you, I wish you could just come over here right now. I you are going to one day reap what you sow and regret every moment of, yeah. of the time that you spent being disloyal to to your lord or whatever he says there. 
I think the song makes more sense now, thinking about it in the in the whole context of everything. Certainly, what comes after, like the the folk cover records in the early '90s, when he's going back to a lot of this material, and then um, you know the the love and theft, maybe not modern times so much, but certainly like Tempest kind of stuff, Tin Angel or um, Scarlet Town. Um, stuff that like has this uh, this like really kind of like sour murderous quality to it that is that really is part of this rich tapestry you know th- that was a glib comment a moment ago but like I think it does make Matt you were making a great point I think it actually does connect with a lot of stuff that came in the past that Bob is obviously bringing forward into the future and presenting to this audience that isn't necessarily going to search I mean you went and searched out Charlie Patton songs last night but a lot, a lot of people aren't going to be doing that deep of digging. And so Bob is the conduit that they're getting that through. That's true. And not everybody, Josh and I went to his grave. But <laughs> Charlie Patton's <laughs> grave? Yeah. Jesus. That was part of our, Mississippi. That was part, it was part of our trip where we first made our, our, our mixes for each other. Badass. It was actually the intent of the trip. Yeah. yeah. It, was the, it was the destination. Much cooler than going to Jim Morrison's grave. Yeah. Don't get me started there. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have no time to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Well said. Patriotism, socialism, uh, something other, uh, materialism, all of, Man, all of our favorite one, isms. I, <laughs> I, it's so funny. I, I, don't, I don't know which one of you I was writing with at the time. Like, it's, uh, we, I, we come and go. It, it, it could have been both yeah. of us. It's a very... Uh, it's an amazing I think it was, four-headed hydra. Yeah, it, it, that but, is kind of funny that every time we talk to someone online, it's just Ian and I like tagging each other and we go in and out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, We're, but, uh, we are also Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's, there's two Ds and two Dums. <laughs> but anyway, but, uh, when my notes on this at first, I was like, oh man, Bob is just listing stuff off. And I was yeah. like, what are other great songs that list stuff? And so I thought about Doctor Block's letter, the fall song. Oh wow! And, and and then I listened to the then I listened to your listener questions thing, and, you and talked we talked about Doctor Block's letter. Doctor Block's letter. I was like, oh boy, all right, we really are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Amex Cod. Yeah, and they made such a fuss about, about giving, giving it to it me. me. Now they spend but all their time yeah. turning it down. <laughs> um, so great. This song is interesting. It, because it was uh, written as it's complaining about the stuff it's complaining about. And he just has no idea that the internet uh, is going to happen and make it. (laughs) And, and he finds it difficult then he thinks that it's bad in 1978. He's like, there's no time to think everyone's talking about socialism and patriotism and capitalism. When will it end? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, just, it's all noise in the system to him already. Or I mean, the generous reading is he can already see that it's a huge problem and it's only going to get worse. And uh, but now, even, but even in that context, he's still going to be emotionally unfair to everybody. Sure, he, yes, like, I guess so. the narrator of this, the narrator of the song is unfair to himself, his wife, yeah. his children. Like no, he's he doesn't let like he's posting really, too uh, much. It's lost. Did you say he posts too much? He's posting too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no time to think is about is 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 the last gasp of like the the actual soul before you really just commit to being the poster that never thinks again. It's like oh, there's no time to think if I keep posting. There's no time to think. Like, 
then before and then you, you become like an old <laughs> grandmother on Facebook. Yeah, like you send that last one that just that just vaporizes the last bit of you that would question posting. <laughs> And you go, uh, uh, it's not all a list. Can I tell you my favorite? It's what, this is maybe one of my favorite Dylan rhymes ever, which is your conscience betrayed you when some tyrant waylaid you. Waylaid you, yeah. Some, <laughs> some tyrant. Like, so um, it's so great. You know, is this, when he says some tyrant, do you know who that reminds me of? It reminds me of the, uh, the Cheeto that we had in the White House. Old um, Donald uh, freaking yeah. Trump. Yeah. yeah. Donald, remember that yeah. cheat? Remember when there was the Cheeto in the White House? <laughs> Slip my mind. I've always yeah. been partial to uh, China doll alcohol yeah. duality mortality. mortality. <laughs> yeah, that's especially good. And I like that in the end he does the same melodic thing, but without a list. What does he say? Um, no, no time to choose the truth. Yeah, the truth. yeah. No time to lose or say goodbye. Like, like it's not even a, it doesn't even rise to the level of a platitude. Well, it becomes like a nursery rhyme. It becomes yeah, like right. some weird. Yeah. It devolves. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty under the red sky. In that, in oh. that <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's in he's in uh, proto wiggle mode on this one. Well said. I don't yeah. know. I, I really do feel like reading this. It's hard not to just think about uh, online. That's what I think of. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's uh, it's not it's hard to th- not think about online. Yeah. No time to choose today. when the truth must die. No time to lose or or to say goodbye. No time to prepare for the victim that's there. No time to suffer or blink, and no time to think. To think. I mean, I you know, it doesn't really seem to make too like I I have never been able to parse what exactly he's getting at here on this song, and I don't I don't think that's even the point, but it really does just like the way the music sounds, the emotion, and like the investment that he and the singers have on this song, the way it yeah. stacks they, up they and up really and up hard. over eight minutes, like it 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 turns into like an emotionally affecting song for me yeah. by the end of it. Just hearing like however stupid some of these rhymes are, it's just like I'm fucking into it. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've always enjoyed this song. I don't really know why but i actually think you just hit it it's because it like sort of ratchets up yeah for no you know just on its own steam uh and then becomes just this weird big thing that then devolves as you said towards the end it's like a weird (laughs) just it's a weird state um yeah you know that song uh little things that keep us together from till the band comes in by scott walker it's the second track Mm -hmm. yep reminds me of that a little bit that that sort of uh like everything's happening uh, so much type of song. Everyone playing along at home, ring the bell. There's Evan's uh, uh, weekly Scott Walker reference. I might have even made this comparison at some point before, (laughs) maybe even in the last time we talked about this record. It's quite possible. Um, You said it nicer this time. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Uh, Matt, I was uh, I was a big fan of the the No Time to Think playlist that you put together. Uh, I thought they uh, let, me, let me look at what I did for that one. Ramona, fourth time around, my favorite oh, yeah. song off Blonde on Blonde, completely slept on. Uh, Hazel, Born in Time, Outtake from um, uh, uh, Bootleg Telltale Series, signs, Telltale yeah. Signs, Shelter from the Storm, Outtake. You ain't going nowhere from not the original one, but the uh, the complete Bootleg Series uh, yeah. recording. Delia. Love Delia, yeah. uh, by and by, Heaven's Door, and then No Time to Think. That's just a fantastic, tidy little ten song package there. I love that I, one. I appreciate that. Heaven's Door was one of. The, uh, this is another thing that like to get back to the lists. Like Heaven's Door is such a like classic, everybody knows it kind of song. So I feel like to put those on the lists, I really felt like we had to earn them. 
Yeah. You know, I right. Yeah. Like, you can't just use, you know, you can't just put like a best of Bob Dylan, right? You know, but that doesn't mean that those songs that are the, the best of songs aren't great. So where are you going to put a song like Knocking on Heaven's Door that's so, A, like the culture's so fucking saturated in it. Right. But also when you listen to it as a piece of music on its own, it's so devastating. It's, it's so, still so, so fucking good. Like, yeah. Lev- you know, it's, it's it, it it's an incredible thing in, in its own right. So where are you going to land that that it's going to have that impact? And that was another fun thing about doing the lists was, yeah, how do we how do we play those? Yeah, and I think it actually really <laughs> makes sense in this spot, like juxtaposed against more time to think. Um, excuse me, no time to think. More time uh, because Heaven's Door the bootleg, is so uh, release. <laughs> more time. Yeah. To think. <laughs> yes. more Hopefully time. that's coming out soon. <laughs> more more time to think. Uh, Nippon, uh, Japan, 1978, yeah. February 28th. Um, I'll take 12 CDs of that. Yeah, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think where it is just because uh, Heaven's Door to me always like you blink and it's and it's gone already. Like it goes so quickly. It's just like two verses. This this recorded version he, he extends yeah. it live, but the recorded one is so short. And then against No Time to Think, which is so long and stacks up. It's just I don't know. It was, I thought it was a really clever bit of uh, sequencing. And you also just between between Matt and I, so you know, you put, I remember that when it stung because you put Delia on it, which is a personal favorite song of mine, because my parents, whenever I, I don't know the exact year, but it was Hanukkah of the year of that release, and on the eighth night, my parents promised me an amazing present, and I got World Gone Wrong on CD. Hey, and I played, I played it, and I was like. This is the worst thing no. I've ever heard in my, in my entire life. As like, a, however old I was, I was like, "This is the worst Hanukkah. This is the worst Bob Dylan record." And and you know, I just remember that feeling. And then I just like sort of stuck with it. And I remember just being like, it sort of broke open. Yeah, I, I had this exact same experience records. with that record. To actually, it's a very and now rewarding I just, I mean, it, you know, blood record. in my eye. I mean, it's a relentless record. It's so good. And at the time. And I think this is like some of the brilliance of all of this. It's like, you just have to put some of this stuff on a shelf for a little bit yeah. and then take it off when you're ready and right. or when it's ready for you. And it, it it's a completely different experience. Well, and so. I got to say, man, like, all right. So I took Delia from you on that one. You took um, I'm Not There from me. Like that uh, was when I was, I was saving up. Oh, I'm and not you, there. And you put it on your, your list that week. And I was livid. I, I, I I, I think I texted you, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, that's, this is part of our love letter. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's combat. How the game goes. Um, Eyeball to eyeball. (laughs) I love, uh, I love hearing people's like, uh, gifting experiences uh, of of Bob Dylan music. This, this is now reminding me of the guy guy who wrote us real live for Christmas. (laughs) Real Life for Christmas and then World Gone Wrong on CD for the for eighth Hanukkah. night of Hanukkah. Those are fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Man, I, I have to say, my, my 18th birthday was right when the uh, Bootleg Volume 4 came out. And my parents gave me that for my birthday. And then that night, I went, that to, rocks. I went to the Museum of Television and Radio and saw Eat the Document in the theater. Oh, that Whoa. rocks. On the, on the same day. I was like, I got that CD, drove into the city and saw that. I, was, I think about that... Uh, Quite often, I good day. But I, so it's. I mean, this is an interesting thing. So I got for my bar for my bar mitzvah. I got the first bootleg box, the one through three. <laughs> Hell and yeah. I remember listening to it, putting it on. My aunt gave it to me because I because I saw the concert on Channel Thirteen, 
and I, they were giving it away if you like giving it if you like donated a bunch of money and I couldn't get my parents to do it so I got it as a bar mitzvah present and I remember listening to it and being like at the time I was a Dylan fan that like he was dead to me after not even after Highway 61 like I wasn't right. interested in any of it and I remember just being like, what are the other two CDs of garbage on this thing? Like uh, CD one is the only one for me, <laughs> oh. you know, like, I don't know what else is like drag. You know? And as a 13 year old. Right. And then, you know, since then I, I have sort of also, I feel like as we probably all have like gone through, I, I feel like I've lived through his periods and now, you know, like been like, Oh, it's time for disc two to make sense to me now. Yeah. You know, and, that, uh, and so on and so forth. You know? and, and now I'm like fully through the looking glass. Well, that happens all the time, even like within the course of one year, like I'll just be like, well, it's autumn now. And now I like this album like 10 times more than I did two months ago. It just is like, uh, they're very fluid things. These records. Yeah. Comes and goes with the season. Um, we got uh, let's let's do one more and then cut it and then we'll uh, we'll save the rest for for the next uh, we'll we'll flip the record and save the next one for uh, next time for the, save the rest of the record for the next time. Uh, Baby, stop crying. The single from oh. this record, the hit, the hit song we put out <laughs> on a forty-five <laughs> across Shit, the I, country. I, man, <laughs> I need this forty-five. <laughs> But also, who made this, given Changing of the Guard, like, who made the decision that this was the thing? I love this song to death, but, like, who made that decision? That's well, a good question. I think it's just uh, somebody somebody regular made the decision, because they're like, <laughs> uh, what are you talking about on this Changing of the Guards? What is this? Whereas it's I see, long. you know what I like? I like Baby Stop Crying. I think that's a really nice song. I think that one's going to be really good. And uh, it's, it's the same guy at Columbia who wrote that copy for that ad you sent me the other day, Evan, that was like, Bob Dylan, it, it, music, it just makes you feel good. Yeah, no, that guy knows what he's talking about. He's, that was talking about, like... Uh, no, it doesn't. It was talking about, uh, like, Nashville Skyline. It was just like, what? it's good. It sounds good to me. Uh, it's, <laughs> Baby Stop Crying is just... It does. It's a normal music, regular song, and... Uh, it's Dylan it's sort of proving that, like, I can do this. I can do one of these. Yeah. It, it does. It's also got, like, the go get me my pistol, babe. You know, so, like, he, what is he going to do? That's a good pistol. Right. He's, he's probably going to do I don't tell right from wrong. Like, yeah, right. Like, that. that's not a very uh, That's That's how he's going to get her to stop crying. Right. And then the <laughs> other thing he says later is he talks about, uh, you know, go down to the river, baby. And I'm like, what do people do there? Mm. They tend yeah. to kill their baby. Kill their baby, through. yeah. Like, but like, there's there's this undercurrent of like, like I'm gonna kill this person, <laughs> right. you know. But like, but I really want you to not cry. Like, yeah. it's, but it's but, so but, cool. but there's also like, if you just want a friend to talk to, you yeah. know, come and see by me, <laughs> right? And then and then I'm gonna drown you in the river. Radical <laughs> interpretation of the song based on that. This is sort of an of mice and men scenario. That's what this song is. <laughs> He's, this is George talking to Lenny, saying like, oh, "Come on, just don't don't look the look su- the, the other sun way. will always shine. You know everything's that, gonna be fine. That is a hot that is a hot take. I yes, <laughs> yes, it's all gonna be okay. And just please stop crying. It's making this harder for me. Because that's the other oh thing. He God. keeps going. It's tearing wow. up my mind. Like stop crying because it's making me have right. I feel bad now. 
Yeah, I, mean, I think Matt, that, we talked about that once. How selfish that is! Like, yeah. it's ultimately oh, yeah. such a yes. selfish song. <laughs> well, a, a lot of the songs are pretty selfish in here, and this one is is really at the at the head of the pack. I think is. I think that's also kind of a strength of it in a way is that it it is true. Or, I mean, like when somebody is crying and in distress, the reality is it's not just them. You know, it's it, some people. Sometimes that's a trying. Uh, I can't believe I'm he's reading sick this of much doing emotional it. labor. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> he, he's real. He's acknowledging that it's difficult to be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's no way I'm saying this that. It well, no, doesn't I mean, but it. so here's the thing: is like I, th- this was this was one of the songs that Grill Marcus mentioned in the review that I was reading earlier. I think this and um, is your love in vain, which we'll talk oh, about yeah. next, uh, yeah, which yeah, are yeah. you know kind of the the, the sour ish. The bulk of the review is on those two songs. Exactly, yeah. and like I you know I I understand having a like kind of gut. Uh, um, reaction against you know this this mood or this this idea that he's putting across in time, but like for for our purposes at least you know many many years down the line and thinking about this just as one step along a path of many, I, it's it's fascinating to me that like Bob was feeling so strongly this way that he like committed himself to put these kind of um, feelings and messages to songs, which like this is this is like an intensely yeah, personal yeah. kind of feeling that he really like before and after didn't like he got very little of this but he got you know he got so worked up at this point in time that like you know some of the some of the ugliness is really coming out it's, and, it's and visceral, showing itself yeah. on record and it's invaluable it, to, to have just that that look into things it feels like between this song and its proximity like coming right after no time to think it it's like uh, the famous outburst in Rebel Without a Cause. It's like he's like everything's too much. I, just stop, everybody. And uh, that's that's what the it it's totally right on what you just said. That it's like that's a weird state to see him in because it does seem kind of arrestingly immediate emotionally. Yeah, for, for dealing. I mean, I, anybody who's ever been through the disillusion of a of a serious relationship is able to identify the truth that that doesn't always bring out the best in people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right? It doesn't bring out the, uh, like, you're not yet your most altruistic when you're in the process of separating your life from someone else. And if you're as, like, out to goddamn lunch as Bob is, what, like, what the fuck do you expect? Oh, he's going to be fair and kind in his, right. in his on, on his divorce record, you know? He's, he's not as brutal as, as like other people on their divorce records. Yet another way to read this song, I think, is this it's the song of somebody trying to convince themselves that it's okay, that uh you know, I know, everything's okay, just stop, <laughs> yeah. just stop right, crying, yeah, please. Know I know. Like it's this is like right after he's he's done something to make her cry, you know. Like, yeah. It's, you can almost hear Robert De Niro delivering that. You know it, I know you it. You know it, I know it. Everything's but it, but fine. It's also, like the sun will always shine. Yeah, after yeah, yeah, after yeah, there's hey. like a broken plate and like a steak that you just hit her in the <laughs> face with like dripping oh off of the God. table. Yeah. <laughs> Stella. Yeah. All of that. It's all there and I mean uh Dylan loves the like dramatic films of all sorts and featuring like you know depraved noir type relationships. I think that that's kind of he's mining that just as much as maybe his own personal experience. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Like I I'm of the opinion that he never really gives anything directly of himself, but he does do a, give a lot of himself through tropes, right? So if he yeah, identifies that's, with that's a trope, really well and, said, you know, think, yeah. is like sure. In the same way, like, there's a song about seeing movies uh, that he wrote. What the hell is it? Uh, Gregory Peck is in it. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
You know, like he right, goes, right. you know, like he's pretty, he's even willing to own that about his process and, you know, not even to get into all the reference, you know, and uh, quote laden stuff that he does later. Sure. Uh, really pretty song also. I, I find this one very catchy to me. I'm, I always think uh, the, the, the singer, the backup singers uh, stop crying. Uh, it's, yeah. it's so nice. And the, the horns yeah. are really nice on this one. Yeah. It, it, like I, I kind of get that element of it from a single uh, uh, pick is it, like, it is just sort of like a, it's an easy listen. Uh, yeah. You know, it's relatively short. It's relatively simple. Um, it kind of like, I, I, I think of street legal as like kind of like, it's a nine song record. I think of it like in thirds, like changing the guards to no time to think is the first third. And then this starts this like second third where we're going to flip the record obviously, but like this is its own unique unit. And then the last three songs are its own thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, but this is yep. kind of like the start of like the most, like the, the, the core sort of like traditional ish, like as traditional as kind of like simple and straightforward as he gets on this record. This, this kind of yeah. run of songs here in the middle. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, we will uh, we will need to come back to that uh, next time. Uh, Matt and Josh, thank you both for joining us so much. Uh, you're going to be right back with us in a few minutes, but uh, everyone out there in Jokerman land will need to wait a few days to catch back up with you. Uh, where can uh, people? Uh, we'll have the link to the uh, the website in the episode description. But where do you want people to follow you or you know listen to you or whatever? We can certainly go to www.thestreetlegallists.com <laughs> to find all of the street legal work. Uh, Do I get to pull? Are we plugging things? Yeah, I, yeah, I, please. I, I'd like to. Plug, I'd like plug to away. plug my. I run a. I run a radio show in Midcoast, Maine called Ask the Ages. And go to www.asktheages.com for all archived shows and playlists. Um, it's good stuff. It's all, it's all over the place. It's good music, as they say around these parts. That's right. It's good, it's good music. Um, I have no website, um, and I occasionally write for The Wire magazine, which you cannot access online unless you're a subscriber. Oh, great magazine. Um, and, God, I mean, my... Uh, I do make records, most of which are hard to find, but you can look them up on. But so you can you really, can pay a lot of money for Matt's records. You're, <laughs> you know, you're I mean, really no, they're selling all it. Cheap. They're all cheap, uh, <laughs> but they're on they're on a web, great website called Discogs.com. There's an app. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh. yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 in the world more than I'm online in terms of my my contributions, but um, he's around. I'm he's got he's got time to think. We're we're I all am. online. We don't have time to think. Matt has got time to think. He's got to figure it out. Yeah. I used to uh, have a blog, but uh, things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, this has been uh, Pony Men. Pony Men. Pony Men.